Welcome to another reader Q&A. I feel like I need some music here as an intro, you know, a little intro music. I need theme music. Someone should come up with some theme music for me. Anyway, no mucking about because I've probably got about 20 minutes worth of Q&A to get through. Um, Here we go. My dearest ferns, I've been fishing around for a new boy and of course my inbox is always full. Yay for me, right? (laughs) If your inbox is anything like mine, it's full of rubbish. (laughs) I hope that's not true. I hope your inbox is full of goodness. Anyway, I have a dilemma. I've been writing in my online journal and I mentioned my upcoming birthday. I later received... Um, an email from a local man who has insisted on giving me gifts via wish list on Amazon. I declined. I have a terrible fear of being stalked was my reason. So what would you have done? Faithful Chronicles fan, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. Um, Look, I would have done exactly the same as you. I am very uncomfortable accepting gifts from people I don't know. And part of the... Like, part of the reason is generally for a lot of those gifts you have to give out your address, though there are ways to hide it. Like on a wish list you can actually hide your address on Amazon and there are ways to to exchange other gifts like an Amazon gift card where they don't even need your address at all. They could just email it to you. But I'm I'm very uncomfortable with allowing strangers to do that because I never quite understand their motivation. So I only ever allow people who I know are genuinely giving me a gift with no strings attached to give me gifts. And that means I know them quite well. But for some stranger dude who's local and who just wants to buy me something, my first question is always, what's in it for you? What do you want? And that might... I don't know. I, I, on the one hand, I think that seems a little bit paranoid. But on the other hand, I think it's probably justifiably paranoid. So I would have done what you did. I just would have said, no, thanks, really. I appreciate the thought. Send me an e-card or something and that would be perfectly fine. <laughs> this is an interesting question. Bit of a tough one. But if you had to list your regulars here, what qualities would you give them as to why you like them? It's not a competition, just curious what you like. Anon. That is an impossible question to answer. I like I like my regular... Re- well, it's not even readers because I don't know who my readers are, right? I like my regular commenters because they always give me something to think about because they're thoughtful and they're kind and they're helpful, for example, even when I do a Q&A and they have some other perspectives... They make me think and they engage when I actually throw something out that, you know, they have an opinion about. They actually engage in a, in a really positive way. And I find I get a lot of value out of those interactions because they feed, they feed my interest in the blog, I guess. They feed my interest in, in giving more. You are wanting me to pick out individuals and say this and this and this. And of course I'm not going to do that. Um, Some of the regular commenters are actually friends of mine who I know either online or offline or both. Um, And some are just names that make me smile every time they pop up. They might be people whose blogs I also read 
because there's a remarkably actually small sex blogging community where everyone kind of knows everyone else. So what I mostly think is that I appreciate that they read and that they take the time to engage with me and that means a lot to me. The next one is what task I can give to my sissy slut she likes to degrade and humiliate. It's <laughs> a really badly worded question, my dear. And the answer is I don't know. I really don't. I Why are you asking this question? If you if you have a sissy slut, then get to know them well enough to know what pushes their buttons. And then push their buttons. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to, you're not really exchanging anything or you're not really building anything. And if honestly, if you're just asking generically because a sissy slut is a sissy slut and they all like the same thing, you probably ask that question on the internet and get a whole bunch of very generic suggestions, some of which might work. I find that question kind of sad, actually. I hope you're doing okay. I hope it's a really strong relationship and it's really going well for you. And this is a lovely email. It's quite long, so I'm, I'm going to cut it down a little bit. Oh, fans, this is the first time I have read your blog and the first time last night in my dream state that I could formulate such a bold question to someone I have loved and admired for 20 years. The question is... Do I dare risk the friendship with telling her my truth? I have recently lost a dominant partner that I've known and loved for over 25 years. She died of cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's such a sad story. There's no signature on it, so I can't even give you a name. Anonymous. (sighs) Anyway, moving on. The other woman who I've also known for over 20 years as well is a beautiful airline captain that is about 22 years younger than me. I have never either breached either relationship or betrayed my deceased partner except in fantasies. I'm a naturally submissive masochist and have always served the partners I have been with. This lovely, intelligent, strong woman I have recently fantasised about is for all intents and purposes very vanilla, I think. So his question is, does this fool ever risk telling her my truth? That's such a good question. I think it's a hard question. Here's the thing. People have regrets in their life. And there is a trite saying that says, you never regret the things you did. You only ever regret the things you didn't do. That is totally not true, by the way. But there is a grain of truth to it. Because when you look back on how you lived your life, if you never take any risks and you never, do, you never make decisions that might go wrong, you're never going to reach for the, the things that you really want for fear of failure. And we all do that. Fear is, fear is the mind killer, right? Um, our lives are ruled by fear. And I know that's, that sounds like a you know, ridiculous thing to say, but it is so true. We're scared of everything. Most of us are scared of everything. Me too. We're scared of stuff. And 
one of the big things we're scared of is being hurt and um, taking risks that don't pan out or taking risks that cause hurt when we could have avoided it altogether. So for me, look, I, I would tell her. I would ask her. Ask her out, you know. Ask her if she's interested. Ask her if she'd like to talk about, you know, maybe pursuing something together. And the worst case is that she says no, right? You're not going to be some creepy McDude who comes up and is slobbering all over her. You know, you've known her for 20 years. And if you express this and you do it respectfully and gently and cautiously, then if she says, oh, you know, I, I really love you, but I, I just can't do that, then you with all that history behind you, you should be able to move on and still keep the friendship, right? You're not going to ruin anything by giving it a go. So I'd say give it a try. But just don't go rushing in like a bull at a gate and say, I'm masochist, will you dominate me? Because that's creepy as hell, right? So you just try the, maybe you want to go out for dinner and see if we can build something here. And if she says no, thank you, then you go back to how you were before. Good luck. I hope it works out. That would be so awesome. Then you can send me a happy femdom story, right? Um, Have you read the book, The Book of Revelation, a novel by Rupert Thompson, or seen the movie, which is based on that book? I'm curious what you thought of them. Greg. Hello, Greg. Thank you for your question. I kind of like it when people give me their names. It's a bit more personal. And, of course, Greg is one of my regular commenters. So thank you for this, Greg. Um, I have not read the book. I have seen the movie. Why have I seen the movie? Because the boy who stars in it is so pretty and he gets caught and he gets kidnapped and he gets sexually used by a bunch of women and he gets raped by a bunch of women. And I know that's not politically correct and I know I shouldn't like it, but, yeah, that's why I watched it. Um trying to think of his name I haven't googled it Tom somebody he's an Australian actor I think it's an Australian movie in fact it never got any airplay here at all and it was like a lot of these you know I'm putting putting it in in quotes these kind of BDSM like it wasn't presented as BDSM it was presented as a sex crime Um, but these kind of movies are always like this tragedy of emotion and and terribleness so i'm not going to put in any spoilers i'm sure this is in the preview um he is traumatized by this this kidnapping and this this sexual assault by multiple women multiple beautiful women of course because movies um i was fascinated by the movie I actually enjoyed the kidnapping and his his enslavement, I guess, and his interaction with the women. I enjoyed all that. But overall, the movie was, aw- like, awful because it was awful for him, right? There was no, ooh, and now I'm sexy dude all happy that I had this experience. He's traumatised, as you would be if it's not, you know, crazy fantasy land. He's traumatised by this terrible thing that happened to him. Um, 
so yeah I'm torn between I enjoyed it because it's a mainstream movie that had this sexual use of a beautiful man and then the terribleness of the fact that it was rape and it was kidnapping and it was a torture for him and that he was just broken about it so yeah that's what I thought next one ferns how important is training and this is interesting because this is normally a question that's asked by submissive men about their training but this is a question from a dominant woman so she says i was asked by a submissive if i had trained had been trained to which i replied no but i've had some practice between myself and a primary partner He proceeded to tell me that you can't be either a top or dominant nor dom if you haven't been mentored and trained. I was offended. I understand that everybody does their own thing, but does it really make me an unsafe partner? I have CPR and first aid training and am very careful in my play with my primary partner. Is this something you've heard of? I have a feeling that I have answered this before, maybe maybe in my last audio, or maybe I just wrote about it. But I'm going to answer it again because, gee, it pisses me off. No, like, the, the dude's talking rubbish. And I, I want to be really generous. I want to be really generous and say, if he doesn't want to... Play with someone who has not been, air quotes, air quotes, trained, whatever the fuck that means to him, then that's his right. That's me being generous. When I'm not being generous, I just want to say fuck off. Like, just fuck right off. If you, like, there's no certificate of domliness. There's no competence level that you have to reach. There's no number of times you have to be mentored before you can pass the test so I don't even know what that means there's also no way to choose a good mentor or trainer because who knows what they know and who knows how they learnt and so on and so forth back through the generations of time it just is such a dumb thing to say look if the dude wants 600 certificates of competence in aspects of topping and that's his right it's it's pointless and meaningless but that's his right to do that and from your perspective generous as i am it just means he's, he's incompatible with you right from my perspective fuck off seriously fuck off My dominance is about my sexuality and my relationship preferences. And no one is going to train me in how that works for me. If you want to know how it works for me, you spend the time to get to know me and you learn how it works for me. And if you have doubts about my competence or skills in the things I play with, then that is absolutely fair enough and we take it slowly and you learn that I'm competent in the things that I enjoy and in the things that 
turn me on and the things that I'm going to hope are going to turn you on. And if you're not willing to do that, if you want some, I don't know what you want, a piece of paper to say that I'm good enough, you can fuck off. Well, that hit a bit of a button, didn't it? (laughs) And I want to be perfectly clear here. I have attended two workshops in my entire life. Um, one was on caning because I was a bit scared of canes and I wanted to get a little bit more confidence that I could be safe with canes because they're so unforgiving. And the other one was with rope because rope is a is a very particular skill and I'm still crap at rope but I, I wanted to learn enough to gauge my level of interest and I had a rope bottom who was really keen. So they're the two things that I've ever done that involved other people's expert input the next couple of questions are i don't know rubbish (laughs) one starts hello dom (laughs) i don't know they're like anyway i'm moving on from those is it is it possible for a virgin to be a dom of course it is why not Dominance is a preference for a certain kind of relationships and a certain kind of um, sex life. And if you've, if you've never had any experience, but you're pretty sure this stuff turns you on and, and this is what you feel you would like, then that's absolutely a valid thing to call yourself a dominant and go and explore that. I... I often think that for some people there is a there is a drive and they don't know where it comes from for a lot of people actually it's innate there are things that they like and things that turn them on and that's that and it's not so different from virgins knowing that they're gay or virgins knowing that they're heterosexual they know it because they know what turns them on even before they've had sex so sure it's possible for a virgin to be a dog Hiya, me and my partner are starting to explore our kinks a little more in depth and I found that being the dominant is really hot for both of us. So far, however, I only have one toy to my name and haven't even bothered about the outfits as of yet because everything seems to cost a fortune. Would you be able to point us in the right direction for both of the above? I'm particularly fixated with the apparel, but I would also like to expand my toy collection as well. Thank you. Um... First, I'm going to say the really obvious thing, which maybe isn't so obvious. You don't need toys or outfits to explore BDSM or dominance and submission at all. I own uh, two corsets, and that's it for my fetish wardrobe. That's it, I'm done. And as for toys, you, you buy what you think you will enjoy using. There are, and you're right, outfits and toys, are good quality ones at least, are very expensive. So you can improvise. There is a website um, called frugaldom.com and it's all about um, improvising with toys at least. I don't think she does outfits. But there's this thing called pervertibles where you take everyday household out, um 
articles and you use them in your BDSM play. And there's a ton of them from, you know, things like wooden spoons to rulers to uh, Hydrosport, which is funny, a meat tenderizer. <laughs> you know, there's a whole bunch of things around your house that you can use for BDSM play and it won't cost you a lot. Outfits, though, there are a lot of uh, kind of cheap outfits that you can buy, more the Halloween costume level of quality, and there's a, certainly a lot of cheap corsets you can buy on eBay. And they're you know great they're perfectly fabulous so you know you can start there and see what you like and see what turns you on but you don't need them you really don't uh the next question is i wonder that since you've been in love with a woman in the past could you see yourself doming one part of the attraction of doming men must come from exercising your power over someone physically stronger in some cases anyways i've seen your biceps Um, do you think the thrill would be the same with a woman or different and why? Um, that's a really good question. I I have talked before about the fact that the first person I ever fell in love with was a woman and there was a period there where I thought I was a lesbian and I, quite honestly, I really wanted to be a lesbian because by the time that relationship had ended... All my friends were lesbian. My social group was lesbian. The places we went were lesbian clubs. So I had this whole community around me and I felt comfortable there and I loved all the people and I so wanted to be a lesbian because that's the circles that I ran in then. And I dated a few other women and I had to face the fact that I wasn't a lesbian. So I I couldn't see myself dominating a woman only because I can't see myself in a relationship with a woman. I've stopped calling myself anything other than straight, so I identify as straight now because after a certain period, if you don't meet a woman who who clicks with you in a romantic and sexual sense, you have to kind of face the fact that the likelihood has dropped to, you know, 1%. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not opposed to it, but I haven't met a woman really since the woman I fell in love with a million years ago who pressed those buttons. So the question, I guess, is less would you dominate a woman and more would you form a romantic relationship with a woman? And the answer to that is I can't see it happening. Might It might, I'm open to it, but I can't see it happening. And as to the other point... Part of the attraction is really not about exercising my power over someone who's more who's physically stronger than me. It doesn't really work that that way for me. I do like feeling physical power and I do enjoy the fact that I have control of it, but it's not a driver for me. I enjoy that in a visceral physical sense, but it's not how the relationship clicks for me, if you understand. That's a good question. Thank you for it. Okay, one more. I I think you like this one. I want to be fucked and left for dead in the woods and I want the dirt to be a tall woman who paged through my body. I want to be strangled by women as they pump their cum into me. 
I wanted them shooting their cum into my opened up heart, watching its last few beats drive their cum its distance through my veins. Wouldn't you want my heart to shoot your cum out of it? That's a pretty hot little (laughs) piece of wankery you've written there, Anonymous. Good for you. (laughs) I'm... And I'm not quite sure how to react to that because I don't know you, but I totally see where you're coming from. All right, it's been 25 minutes, so that's it for this episode of Q&A with Ferns. And I will be slack and slow with the next episode, just as I was with this one, because I am entirely predictable. Thank you so much for joining me.